This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. You may have just touched down from an overseas trip or come into contact with someone infected with coronavirus. You are now required to go into quarantine for 14 days with additional restrictions to an already upended lifestyle. What can you do to keep yourself and others safe as you enter a fortnight of further self-isolation? Fun Chen was visiting family in Hong Kong when the COVID-19 outbreak forced China's Hubei province and other cities into lockdown. It was nearly a month before the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic was taking place. The escalating public health crisis was about to force Australia to close its borders. Chen and his wife were lucky to find an evening flight back to Brisbane the very day he made the booking. When we came back from Hong Kong, the government had not announced that it needed people to go into quarantine. But we've heard in Hong Kong that people may need to quarantine for 14 days. We have a child at home and worry about his weak immunity. We rather take precautions by going into quarantine. Finding short-term accommodation for quarantine was a stressful ordeal for the family. It meant repeated rejections and higher rates. Back then, when most hotels heard that we needed to stay for 14 days, they knew we were coming for quarantine, so they refused to book us. Chen and his wife were eventually able to secure a room at a holiday park close to home. Their food supplies were delivered at the door by family members. We faced no difficulties in general, although it was quite boring to stay at the villa for 14 days. We only moved within the villa. We wore masks when we went out to avoid getting infected or getting infected by others. The Chens are back home now adhering to the government's social distancing rules. These days, returned travellers from overseas have no problem being quarantined at hotels, caravan parks, motels or student accommodation. Expenses are shouldered by the federal, state and territory governments as the hotel sector braces for 70,000 job losses in the coming months. The only exception is the Northern Territory where single travellers are required to pay $2,500 and families $5,000 to cover the cost of their stay. Some returned travellers have compared their hotel stay to imprisonment. Tourism Accommodation Australia's Victorian General Manager Douglas Hollis says many hotels are operating on skeleton staff after the occupancy rates dropped sharply from the vicinity of 80% to a meagre single-digit occupancy. Some of the guests have made some observations, perhaps unkindly on social media, that our needs aren't being met or we prefer more food or whatever the case may be. I think we understand the situation that they're in, but I think hotels are playing an important role to ensure they comply with government restrictions. Remembering, of course, that they're in quarantine, they're not actually on a holiday. A 70-year-old man went into intensive care whilst on quarantine at a Perth hotel. His deteriorated health went unnoticed for hours due to a lack of medical support on site. Hollis says even with the skeleton staff, hotels are supposed to have 24-7 staff on site proportionate to the number of guests to provide support when needed. With returned travellers only finding out where they will go for quarantine upon their return to Australia, Hollis says guests need to actively monitor their own health and symptoms. Symptoms like a fever, a cough, sore throat, tiredness or shortness of breath. And if they develop those symptoms to obviously call a doctor or a hospital, telling them of any recent travel history or close contact history that they might have. And certainly if their symptoms got more serious with difficulty of breathing, etc., they'd be encouraged to call triple zero. 
Hollis suggests preparing in advance to keep yourself occupied during the two-week stay if you know you will be required to go into self-quarantine at a temporary accommodation. I think it's important just to grab a couple of good books and things that you might enjoy, crossword puzzles, um, etc. Think about preparing yourself in, in that way. As for those who can quarantine at home, Dr Lisa Sedger, head of the Viruses and Cytokines Biology Group at UTS, advises older people to keep away from their grandchildren as children can still carry the virus, though they may not develop serious illness. Some people are only making contact with their grandchildren via their computers or computer tablets, iPads, just because why put yourself in any chance of a risk of being able to get infected? Some people are going to that length already. If you already live in circumstances where you live with your grandchildren or are in regular care of your grandchildren, then it's about everybody in the family trying to minimise the number of contacts that they um, are exposed to. The Australian Medical Association's South Australian branch president, Dr Chris Moy, says you'll need to follow self-isolation rules in a shared home if you've recently arrived from overseas or have come into contact with an infected person. The idea would be it's practically possible trying to self-isolate at home from the rest of the family as well, if possible. Try to stay in their room, they try to use different bathrooms, different food areas, but the rest of the family can try and go about their business. But if the individual becomes positive, then the rest of the family needs to stay home as well. Due to the highly contagious nature of COVID-19, Dr Sedger suggests keeping kitchen utensils that come in contact with one's face and mouth extra clean and regularly disinfecting common household objects such as door handles. What happens is if you end up coughing into your hand and then your hand touching a door handle or something, then you can leave the virus on the door handle. So if we're always washing our hands, then we have a better chance of not spreading the virus like that. Why not just use your sleeve to touch the door handle rather than your hand? You're less likely to rub that back on your face or something, right? Dr. Sedger says there is light at the end of the tunnel to increase your movements within a multi-generational household after 14 days. However, she recommends still maintaining a social distance of 1.5 metres apart and washing your hands regularly. The longer you stay home with the same group of people who after 10 or 14 days, none of whom have developed symptoms, then the chances of you getting infected are are significantly reduced. It's when you go out and you're exposed to people who you don't know might be infected or might you know, might be not yet showing any symptoms but might be able to spread the virus. Dr Sedger says people needn't be too worried about fresh produce being contaminated as the virus is unlikely to be spread via tap water. The only way fresh food can be contaminated is somebody who is sick either coughs over food or coughs onto their hands and then their hands are preparing food. But the virus shouldn't really be on fresh foods. If you're worried, however, all you need to do is just do what you would normally do. Wash your fruit and veg under the tap first. Just take the outside lettuce leaves off and then just rinse the other ones under the tap and you should be fine. If you live on your own, it's important to maintain social contact online or over the phone. If possible, Dr Sedger recommends getting your food and essential items delivered to your door. There's no harm in speaking to your neighbour across the fence and just making sure they're okay too. I think we're living in a time where this is stressful for everybody, so we must maintain a sense of realising that if we are socially distancing from other people as much as we can, we have a good chance of staying safe, we have a good chance of not getting sick. She says the significantly reduced rate of COVID-19 infections in Australia shows the curve has flattened and should give us confidence that the situation is changing for the better.
Or as soon as something becomes obvious, the government will explain that to us. So the changing advice and things getting more and more restricted gives us confidence that the more we know what's happening, the more the government is giving us the information. And therefore, in one sense, the more confidence we should have in the situation rather than increasingly getting more and more worried. We just need to stay calm. You can call My Aged Care on one 800 Monday to Friday from 8am to 8pm and Saturdays between 10am to 2pm to find out about support services near you. If you believe you may have contracted the virus, call your doctor or contact the National Coronavirus Health Information Hotline on 1-800-020-080. If you're under stress and need emotional support, call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on one 22 46 36 for 24-hour support. You can also ring the National Translating and Interpreting Service on 1-800-131-450 for language support to help you reach your desired support agencies. Call 000 immediately if you need urgent medical help. The feature on the coronavirus outbreak was prepared by Amy Chen Yu Wong and for SBS, I'm Margarita Vasileva. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more settlement guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.